Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. The Matchball. Hello there and welcome to the show. The Matchball is brought to you by Rock Nation. Whoa. It's not really, is it? Uh, it's Levi Solicitors and you can get 10% off your legal fees if you go through us, which is levisolicitors.co.uk forward slash the square ball. I'm Dan Moylan with me, Michael Normanson. Hello. Moscow White's here as well. Chapman. Hello. <laughs> no first name. Daniel Chapman. Uh, Hammondham nil nil. It annoying that, that way. Very annoying. Why didn't we score? Not fair. We should have been allowed one, I think. One of those ones that hit the post should have gone in. Oh, well. Oh, well. It's still not a bad result, is it? Do we make the, the goals bigger? Is that the solution? I mean, we had the problem at the end of last season with Costa and Bamford couldn't see because of the floodlights, and I think they've, they've changed all the floodlights around, spending a fortune putting them up behind the, the west stand, although they're not quite ready yet. They will be soon, and new ones on the east stand. So just... Shave the goals. <laughs> Using a Harry's razor, perhaps. There's another This is of- this is supposed to be ad free for the people who are subscribing to us, so let's not let's not go there too far. It was alright, wasn't it? Uh yeah, we should have won. Bloody loads of chances, but only four of them on target, which I guess doesn't include the ones that hit the woodwork. Yeah, I always feel like a post should count as on target. I'm aware. I, I can completely see why it doesn't. But it feels very close, doesn't it? It feels close enough to count. Um it's strange, isn't it? Like Arsenal are rubbish. I think we're so used to Arsenal being good when we were last in the Premier League that they feel a bit scary. And mm. then you look at the team today and there's only really the Aubameyang, I'd say, who feels like a, a proper Arsenal player of old. Like, I don't I don't think any of those Arsenal players are any good. I no. wouldn't particularly want any of them. I'm not saying that we wouldn't be able to turn them into something good, but not asked if someone said you can have all of them in your squad for free. Be like, well, yeah, little little yeah. flashbacks to the uh, to the people who were old enough to have seen it. Flashbacks to Thierry Henry ripping as a new one just about every time he faced us with 14 in Aubameyang. But you did kind of get those little minor jitters when he picked up the ball and he'd start ghosting past people. But other than that, I wasn't impressed with them compared to the Arsenal that we've like, we've all grown up seeing. They just seem ordinary. I think that's why I was so sure we'd win. Even the difficulties of having an extra player, I thought there's no way, you know, Gabriel playing in an eye patch is going to be able to withstand our constant attacking for 30, 35 minutes. We're and keeping yet... those 90s references in place throughout, aren't we here? Yeah. Talking, talking about Arsenal of old and eye patches and stuff. <laughs> and yet our dreams did not come true. Well, they were out of reach, weren't they? They All of these references. Yeah. Um, yeah, if only, like I say, slightly bigger goals. I don't know if the rules allow it, but it's the only, uh, the only way forward I can see. Well, we saw the red card change the form and shape of the game to an extent because we were largely on top and controlling all the possession and doing all the attacking but the red card then did kind of it it flipped the switch didn't it into that shapeless formless 10 against 11 thing that generally happens when a red card um, gets given 
And weirdly, they had the better chances at that. But I think because we got so used to being camped in their half when they did break, it felt slightly terrifying. There was one, there was obviously the one where Melier pulled off a really good save. And then there was another one where the cross didn't actually get in, but we were all kind of screaming because you could see a Bamiyang in the middle and it felt like it was just going to get crossed to him and he just nodded in. But I, th- I think it was cut out by Cooper or something, possibly at the near post. But it felt like there was more danger in them somehow. When we were down, to, when they were down to ten, because we were giving them a bit more space and trying to push up. Yeah, it's always like that when there's a counter attack against you. It it worries you, but I almost I think Melier's save was so good. I would like to take him back to 2004 and put him in goal instead of Paul Robinson against Thierry Henry. And I reckon we would have come away from Highbury with a nil-nil draw with him just doing that. Would he have been four years old at that point? Mind you, he would have probably still been a good five or six foot tall, wouldn't he? I saw it. A cat dressed as a spider the other day, <laughs> just <laughs> apropos of nothing. Um, it, you said it was a very a, a good save. It was a really good save. I really enjoyed that save as well. And it had that quality about it as well of um, he's not had much to do. He's standing at the back just kind of watching us camped in there half for most of the game. And um, yeah, yeah, there he was crawling along the floor to stop. Um, it was Sacco, wasn't it? It got through. So a game saver in some ways, because it would have been easy to have been caught on the counter and, and ruin the whole thing. It's funny, isn't it? If that game had happened last year when we were trying to get promoted and we'd mullered a team and had 24 chances to their six and we'd have come away with a nil-nil, we'd have been tearing our hair out, wouldn't we? We'd have been upset, we'd have been fractious, we'd have been thinking, is it all going to start to fall apart? We can't beat teams. But it's nice how it feels a bit different this year because, dare I say it, that was almost enjoyable and we can come away from it and go, that's, that's probably fine. When it's happening against Arsenal, it does definitely feel better than when it's happening against Swansea. There's just something more comforting about it. And the, and knowing that, I don't even know where we are in the league now. We're 14th or something, probably. We are 14th, exactly. But knowing we're 14th, and if we finish 14th, that is fine. The problem was in the Championship, if we weren't in the top two, it wasn't fine because the playoffs were essentially a waste of time for us. So there was that enormous pressure on there. Whereas if we're 14th, 12th, 8th, 16th, all of those are kind of all right. I think our last nil-nil was a way to Gary Monk's Sheffield Wednesday, wasn't it? And the performance today was way, way better than that. That was a proper dreary old game. That was Monk ruined it, naturally. Um, so it's a little bit like the, the Manchester City won or the win over Liverpool <laughs> as well. In the uh, resort aside, we look really good. And it's, it's what it's about this this point the gaining a point isn't to be sniffed at it would have been nice especially after they um did themselves down to having just 10 players if we could have got all three and obviously that's true of any game of football it's better if you win it overall but picking up points along the way is going to help us stay in the division and playing like that all the time will be good as well someone like Gianni Alioski is on the opposite team and does that to us and has one of our men sent off. We're going to hate on him, aren't we? We're going to be furious. But as it is for us, we can just chuckle and go, oh, Janny. Oh, I mean, he is a very headbuttable individual, isn't he? You can understand why he's perhaps irked. I mean, somebody's always going to going to crack under the the relentless onslaught of Alioski. Whatever it is that he does, just being him. He's got an energy about him, hasn't he? Yeah. I, I didn't think he looked like he was doing anything wrong. It seemed no. like he was not the aggressor in this. He was maybe doing some of his uh, Alioski clicking and popping noises or something that maybe I guess does grind on you if someone's trying to mark you for a full 
well, it was sort of, what about fifty minutes. Didn't even didn't even last an hour, did he? With with Johnny's uh, habits. I remember. It's funny. I I played a school match um, up front. Believe it or not. Uh, back in the day, so it would have been about 1995. And I remember playing, it was, I think it was the school, it's the one that's in Rita, Sue and Bob 2, the film. Is it Buttershaw? Mm, that's uh, the estate. Yeah, Buttershaw School. So, you know, without wishing to be judgmental, some rough kids there. And the kid that was marking me at centre-half, from the minute we kicked off, kicked me. Just as we were running, he'd kick my heels, kick me, kick me, kick me, kick me. And he got sent off after five minutes. But I imagine that's what Alioski does, just just nibbles, kicks, annoys yeah, they tried to show a replay of saying, well, it looks like this is where the, the incident started. This was earlier in the game. It's like, really, you probably need to go to before kickoff if they were wandering around. It's, it, well, I suppose it, they're keeping to their own zones now for COVID safety, but it, there's no question of when it could have started. It could have been any time. Certainly the footage that they showed, even when they went back to the, the, the film from earlier, where they're like, well, this is maybe the start of it. It still does look like Pepe turning on him and having a problem. And Alioski not really doing anything. Alioski throughout the whole thing was just kind of like, well, "What? What's up?" Just- it was it was low level Alioski, wasn't it? It wasn't like it, it, no, there's no physical aggression or biting or licking or. I mean, it made me think before when you were saying, you know, generally people don't smack him. He has lived in Yorkshire for what three or four years, behaving like he does, and nobody's taken a crack at him that I'm aware of, which is pretty good going because you know he he he'd wind you up if he was mm. in the if he was in a village pub, wouldn't he? He'd, yeah, he last I mean, long. But think about it. There's there's very little sort of outward aggression within soft play areas. It's it's probably fine. What Pepe did, it's so annoying when one of your players does that because there's no actual violence in what he's done, is there? Like that's not hurt at all. It probably hurts more to head a football than it does to have that happen to you. But it's one of those where you can you can see it coming and you're just annoyed that they've fallen for it, aren't you? Whereas because as soon as he's he's done it, he's probably hoping Alioski will do that thing where they rub heads together. But he's made the contact with the head and he's fallen. And as soon as he's fallen backwards, he probably thinks, ah, I'm gone. Oh dear. I'm yeah. gone here. And to look at Alioski, you can't look at him and say, right, he's somebody that I'm going to square up with and we'll probably end up having a proper toe-to-toe, man-to-man fight for hours. <laughs> like, it's not going to be slugging away, punch, 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 punch. You know there would have been a squeal. You know there would have been. Yeah, yeah you'll hit him and he'll go down. <laughs> and Pepe, it's not just down to the head contact. That's obviously what they've been sent off for in the end. But you see him turn, see him, decide, right, I'm going to go over and I'm going to go and sort him out. And it, it was mentioned, Martin Tyler, on his, his commentary as he, he's tending to drift through the decades. He did start <laughs> alluding to the days when you could just, Jack Charlton was notorious for it. Where's the referee? Where's the linesman looking right? Just get him cuffing around the back of the head, sort it out. You can't do that now. There are cameras everywhere. VAR is a thing. So you can't just decide, right, referee's not looking. I know what I'm going to do. I think I'll go over and sort that guy out. Does doesn't work out that way, and I don't know what he thought he was going to get. What do you think you're going to get if you're going to go and like? Well, yeah, you, you're crediting him with thinking. Obviously, he didn't. It was just stupid and impulsive, wasn't it? And you've got to give a red card for it. You can't put your head up against someone. And he did make a butting motion, albeit a very piss weak one. It wasn't a headbutt that would cause any damage, but he didn't get sent off for that, did he? It's the offence's headbutting, and yeah. you know, it's you know whether you knock him slightly back or whether you send him you know, six foot off his feet. The moral, of the, the moral of the story, kids, if you're going to headbutt someone, get your money's worth. <laughs> yeah, you should make it count. And Alioski has not made a, like a huge deal of it. He's, it's not like he was punched in the stomach and went down holding his head or something like that. Head on his head, down, wait until he's sent off, up, fine, sorted. And obviously he had to, to check for the imaginary blood as well. 
you know, like to what you, we've said about it before on the pod, haven't we? Where you, where both hands go to the face, and I'm doing it now from covering my face. Well, you never and then, know. You, and then you just pull them a few inches away, and you look. So, oh, there's no blood. I was Thank expecting. God. I was expecting blood. You never expect though, like when their goalkeeper whacked his arm off the post later in the game and turned out that real nasty cut. You didn't think necessarily that was going to lead to to blood, and and yet there it was. And I think that incident at the end also summed up what I feel we should have beaten Arsenal today because of the kind of shambles that they actually are. The When the camera was trained on uh, Granit Xhaka shouting at their bench to get a replacement jersey, saying, get a jersey, he needs another jersey. What well, Martin Tyler later called the blood jersey, as if it was like mm-hmm. the Turin Shroud or something. That's, that something, that's something that Bergerac should be looking into. I that. thought he was indicating his skin. He's got thin skin. But the, but Michael, that, you've just you just talked over my Bergerac joke, so sorry. But yeah. that it you took should be as well. So long for anybody on the bench to listen to one of the senior players and get a get another goalkeeper top, and it takes him. It takes somebody to point that out, and it takes so long for it to happen. Just says Arsenal are just a shambles. Pat Rice would not have allowed it. Steve Bold would have instantly got that sorted out, and mm. uh, another reason why. So those are the things that make it kind of frustrating that we didn't um, get the win against them, but we'll beat them at Highbury. <laughs> it would have been nice we'll to make be, them go, go play back there. Go down and play in the middle of all the flats on the on the communal garden. When did we last <laughs> beat Arsenal? Uh, a while ago, probably. Was it that Viduka game? Probably. It feels, it feels like we should have, it would have been a nice one to win just so we could kind of chalk it off, be like, yep, beat Arsenal. First time in it, it 20 was years or mor- whatever. Moral victory though, wasn't it? Yeah, I mean, who's... We're here quite relaxed about, you know, a draw with Arsenal. It's fine. Um, I assume when we look at Arsenal fans TV, it's going to be a, a completely different story um, about how they're feeling about that game. We'll see which players they want never to play for the club again. Arteta out. Got to, you know, burn the stadium down. It's rubbish. Everything else. Um, I mean, there is, to be fair, there is a truth in that, in that, not the burning the stadium down bit. Uh, the lack of potency. They just don't score. They don't look dangerous, do they? They've got some really good players and they just don't look dangerous going forward. Could say that about us, though. Hmm. We hmm. did look fairly dangerous, though, I would say. Well, you were saying before that they had the better chances in the second half, so make your mind up. This inconsistency is inconscionable. Their chances came from us just pushing people forward and them counter-attacking. We had, we had chances. We hit exactly. the post three times. Ours were better because we had to work harder for them. And Ian Perveda is a little diamond. He's, um, I wonder how soon it is before we just have to start him because his crosses tend to be um, to one of our players. And I, I feel that's a benefit. Let's talk about the lineup um, quickly then before we get to half-time and the, the changes that we saw in Rafinha coming in. What do you make of him? First half, I thought he was very good. Didn't get as involved as I'd have probably hoped in the second half. He looks, I think Bielsa probably will like him more than Costa because he seems to influence the game more when he comes in inside. He seems Costa likes to stick out wide, whereas it feels like Rafinha is more prone to drifting in and creating stuff from centrally. There was one really nice bit in the middle as well. I think it was him and Phillips um, did some really nice interplay in the centre circle and stuff. And I just feel like he's more he's more likely to get involved in that kind of stuff than either probably. Costa or Harrison, who know, who are our standard wingers. So if he maybe offers a bit more there, I think he'll be starting more games. Possibly less likely to defend. Mm. Didn't feel he's got kind of the the Costa work rate. Certainly not the Jackie work rate going back the other way, which may be a, a problem. But um, no, one, so no one's no one's got Jackie's work rate. No, he, he can at least aspire to uh, to defending as much as Helder Costa, and I think um, he'll have to if he wants to stay in the team. It'll become just that, that's that's the fact. You will have to chase back. So he'll he'll probably end up doing that more. And yeah, he did. I think it's um, 
it's obviously down to the uh, the red card and was, and Arsenal being going back into their shell, but it was easier for him in the first half when there was all that space. And we looked, I think that's one of the uh, the things and maybe the, the regret as well. If that bloody Pepe hadn't been so stupid as to get himself sent off, we'd probably win 3-0. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Let's talk about some of the specific chances then and the stuff that caught your eye. Lots to go at, 24 chances. Which ones uh, uh, should we draw attention to? Woodwork? What, what happened? Well, there were two almost identical ones once Rodrigo was on the pitch. One went just over the bar. One went straight out the bar. They were annoying. Mm. I felt I felt like after he just needed that third chance to do the same thing, didn't he? And he, he was just finding his, his, his sighter. And then he had got a little bit closer. Um, they were good good shots as opposed to good chances, I guess, because of where he carved it out from. I feel like Click had a couple of decent chances where it, it just fell to him and he mm. was... That cut, that cut back in the first half in particular when it was on his left. Yeah, and he was he was a little bit off balance. He was on his wrong foot, and then there was one in the second half as well, which felt a little bit similar in that it had maybe come to him with not quite enough time to think about it. So I, I just feel like on another day we had enough to have definitely won that game. I feel like on we probably have won games with like three nil against Villa. We probably had fewer chances than this. They just went in. Yeah, we had, there was the Rafinha one at the end where he was kind of off balance and hit the post. And again, there's none of them where you'd say, "Oh, well, that was really ridiculous." Maybe. Rafinha's in the first half where he put it on the south stand roof. That was fairly ridiculous. Um, and Bambino had the chance when, in the first half, when he sort of jabbed that volley, it was the one where he was offside and he kind of poked it into the keeper and you kind of think, well, because it was Gianni, Alioski was probably offside before he crossed it and then um, finish wasn't quite there and then absolutely nothing wrong with the header that hit the post from him. Um, it did hit the post, wasn't it? It wasn't the same. Bam- Bamford, was yeah. it? Yeah, yeah, I think um, so. And uh, nothing wrong with his header from our perspective. I would wonder about um, Rob Holding's uh, style of marking, which appeared to be to just walk away from him. And, which is the way... Leave him to head it. Dodged a bullet there, because we were rumoured to be after him in the summer at one stage, weren't we? As the um, as the 
replacement Ben White. What did you think of the um, the replacement Ben White today? Because there was a point in that game that I just, I mean, I don't know where it came from, just off the cuff remark to you. So I wish we'd got Ben White. And that wasn't a, a comment on Robin Cock. Well, maybe it was subliminally. I don't know. What do you think? Because um, he was a little bit wayward with some of his passing today. He's been ruined by Joachim Löw, essentially. That's what's mm-hmm. happened. Spent, I mean, it, it was quite a traumatic international break when we recorded the, the podcast this week, or at least we recorded the podcast last week. You clearly had better things to do. Um, <laughs> we, uh, Which we'll explain on the main podcast this week, yes. He hadn't yet suffered his 6-0 reverse. He had played a game in midfield for Germany um, and been all right, but when I looked at the highlights from that, he was kind of attacking around there. Uh, the opposition's penalty error, I think it was Ukraine, which maybe explains why he was in the second half so up for really bad crosses into the penalty area. And then the six nearly started in defence, ended in midfield. And um, it's a little bit like we see him more visibly when Gareth Southgate basically, you know, fills Calvin Phillips' head with nonsense and he comes back and he's a shadow of the player he is for Bielsa. Um, so I'm blaming anything that was wrong with Robin Cox's performance tonight. And it wasn't, I don't think it was his, his best, whether it was kind of, he didn't have enough to do in the second half or and was caught out a couple of times. Um, but I'm blaming it all on uh, Franz Beckenbauer specifically. Was he refereeing again tonight? Just his responsibility for uh, German football in general. Mm. Um, Cock on a number of occasions was further forward than Phillips, which didn't alarm me. It just made me raise an eyebrow going, oh, Cock's further forward than Phillips. Um, speaking about his centre-half partner, are you at all slightly, just a tiny bit concerned about Liam Cooper? I feel Scotland have ruined <laughs> carried on. I thought both central defenders weren't brilliant today. I thought but Cooper looked like he was having one of those slightly mad games that he had in the championship. There was a bit where we all actually laughed because it looked like he was trying to fly at one point. He came running from so deep. <laughs> like he was not even in shot as the high ball was coming forward. I think it must have been a goal kick or something. And then all of a sudden he appeared running <laughs> as fast as any man can run to head a ball. He was at sort of um, ET bike height, wasn't he? <laughs> yeah, yeah. the, the uh, air traffic control at Yeadon Aerodrome getting a bit worried, but uh, yeah. And there was another one where he chased, it was Xhaka, I think, was facing away from goal, moving away from goal and being granite Xhaka, so not about to do anything good. And Cooper just charged out of defence and clattered him. And then there was the one he actually got booked for late on as well. And it just all felt like it was a game that was getting away from him a little bit in the way that we've not, We've not. We didn't see it much last year, did we? I'm trying to think of any games where he must have had some bad games, which is which is allowable. He was fine last year, really, and you know he's all right today. It was. Um, it's a funny thing to complain about after a clean sheet, but the um, the stat about our expected goals against this season being over two last season was about 0.7, being used as an indicator that we're not as good defensively as we were. But we signed Diego Llorente for um, not presumably just as a friend for Adam Forshaw in the uh, the doctor's room, but to play at some point. So it'll be interesting to see him play. Could be could make us better. It's one of the things where if Llorente wasn't injured, like the solution is is right there. If we feel we have a problem, we just play somebody else. Um, but because he's he's moaning around with his hurt groin, we need to wait for him to sort that out before we can even try it but there there is a different option there if we feel like Liam Cooper is is still suffering I feel like Cooper's earned his shot as well exactly it's and like it's uh, going to take him time isn't it to, to adjust and there's the um 
Uh, yeah, and Cock as well, coming from the Bundesliga. Um, I mean, you'll have played against the likes of Erling Haaland and Lewandowski there, but I feel like there's a, um, a level of intensity that's that's maybe different in the, the Premier League, just a different style of football um, that he's got to get used to playing. And he is only a, um, a young man himself, same age as Ben White, essentially, and we cut Ben White loads of slack. But just covered him, you know, all the mistakes Ben White made. Nobody gave a toss, did they? <laughs> um, so that will happen. And um, yeah, it's not like we don't have an, another defender there. And yeah, and that's what I'm going to say. Alioski as well. You know, I was one of the first to say after the the Manchester City game when he came on and wasn't very good as a winger. Like, well, we'll, we'll probably won't see much of him this season. And yeah, here he is starting games, and you can't really say I'm getting players sent off. Um, and even though that eventually cost us the win, so we can probably blame Alioski for for. So it was knocking three points today. Um, you can't really say that Alioski looked out of his depth or wasn't a good player today um, or in any of the other games that he's played. It looks absolutely fine. The point we've made about Cooper there, you could probably apply it to any number of them um, who just not not saying they weren't good. I'm saying they weren't quite optimal. I mean, I think he maybe Click just had those odd moments and um, Jackie Haradonna just couldn't quite you know, get himself into the game in the way that he wanted. Calvin had a couple of like sloppy tackles. You know, just there was just that sort of little fractious elements to how we played. Bamford had a bit of a weird game as well in that he didn't feel as involved. Maybe it's because they were defending quite deep by then, but it feels like he normally runs people a lot more. And as it was, he didn't have an awful lot of the ball, but then he did have a couple of half decent chances, which he did mm. all right with. Like, say, so we need to give Leno some credit actually because that was a good save in the first half. And then he saved a really good one from Dallas as well uh, in the second, where he was running onto a ball just on the edge of the box. So, if the Bamford one in the first half, if he mits hits it, there's a fair chance it kind of goes in. If he if he hits it off his kind of off the edge of his foot and it scuffs into a corner or it bounces under the goalkeeper or something, but it's just it was one of those things. But I thought I thought Bamford was all right today. It, as well. it reminded me of the championship games where it was so compact because they had the two lines of four or whatever on the edge of their area, didn't they? So we had a lot to try and get through. And they weren't long ago. I think there was a um, Jonathan Wilson in the Guardian previewed this game essentially by talking about how. Um, Bielsa is not going to change, you know, any other team that had, had just come up from the championship and got beat 4-1 uh, in two consecutive games would probably go, right, we need tight at the back, you know, calm things down, don't be so good. Not Bielsa, he'll carry on, but reminded um, everybody reading that and people listening to this now perhaps that, as Michael said right at the start, if we don't get relegated, it's a good result this season. Mm. So the the peaks and troughs and and bumps and bruises along the way, we will at times look more like a championship team than a Premier League team because it is a it's a championship team getting used to a higher level in in every game and coming up against um, problems that were not problems in the championship. The uh, and Bielsa was saying that this week when he did that long breakdown of all the different goal types that we've conceded. And he was saying that. Um, we had a problem in the championship with long balls to the edge of our area. Flick-ons and, and stuff, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, that, that was a problem. So that doesn't really happen in the Premier League. So we're getting used to, you know, having drilled them for two years on how to deal with one thing. Now it's drilling them into getting used to, to something different. And the thing there is as well that our style of play, it does at least have, well, it might be take a bit of time to get used to it. And maybe over time we do need to build the squad and get some better players to be able to do it effectively. It does. It is a style of play that at least has aspirations of being something better than the championship and just staying in this league. You get the feeling when we lose games and you listen to talk sport or whatever, that they'd rather we just went about it in a really crap way. Just if we, they'd be better off losing games in a solid two nil sort of a way. Do a Steve Bruce defeat. Exactly. Just ha- happy to concede 
every single statistic, have less possession, less passes, less shots, less corners, just be worse at everything. Instead, we're doing God's work. But instead, we're at least, we are trying to play well and we're trying to play well against, we're trying to actually win every game, which is something that a lot of promoted teams don't do. They just, they just go, well, you know, Man City, Liverpool, Arsenal, we'll just write those ones off. We'll concentrate on trying to just beat West Brom. Grind a point out of Fulham. And if yeah. we take it to um, one of our other managerial gods, Howard Wilkinson, if he, he would tell you that, I mean, what was the statistic about the first half that no team in the Premier League this season has had more goal attempts in the first half of any game than us? That's good. And then we ended up, didn't we have something like 24 chances? Might have been 25 in the end, I'm reading. And know. then it's, um, and then you, you know, you talk about whether the ones that hit the, the woodworker on target or off target. If you make that many chances in a first half of every game, and if you end every game with 25 goal attempts, good ones as well, because, you know, the um, the XG ended up being 2.19 to 0.74. You'll score, you will score goals. They'll end up going in just purely for the, the law of averages. Um, and that's kind of, you know, that's painted as the magic of XG that it's supposed to be. It tells you what your 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 average should be and it will tend back towards that at some point. Howard Wilkinson was saying that years ago. He's basically like saying that, yeah, if you have 10 shots, if you don't score a goal in that game, well, if you have 10 shots in the next one, you'll score. And that's all we need to do. Mm. Keep going. So it's fine. Getting the first comments um, from the journalists who are in the post-match press conference from Bielsa saying that, uh, which I like, Bielsa saying Leeds dominated for an hour and then there's the uh, the red card or whatever and dominated even more for the next half hour. Uh, again, we should have won and Arteta's credited Leeds saying they, they had their chances to score and he's absolutely right. Arteta's kind of getting away with it, isn't he, at the moment? Mm. Because he's young and has a nice thick head of black hair. I feel like, and he's an ex-Arsenal player, and he's worked with Pep. People are kind of they're willing to give it's, him a chance, but it's not working, is it, it? It's the whole. It's the same thing. Him and Solskjaer and Lampard are all peas from a pod, really. When you think about how they've got the jobs that they've got, albeit via slightly different routes into it, they are all of an ilk, aren't they? In that regard, that they're famous sons of the club, kind of thing, and um, they've got to give them time, almost from a political point of view. They know the club. Yeah, and I mean Arteta's an Everton player. I still can't get my head around him. His kind of time at Arsenal. I feel I know I'm wrong, but I just feel <laughs> mentally as if he was at Everton for years, and then he he went to play for Arsenal when he was about 35, did six months, and then he was at City. So I don't understand where this kind of where does he even know the club? Has has he been? Was like when he took over as manager. Was it his first visit to the Emirates? I don't know. <laughs> I, I'm I've yet to see any evidence otherwise. Um, but yeah, I mean, sometimes you like people mock Bielsa for his trophyless career, but maybe putting in thirty years of work trying to do something prepares you for doing a better job than just you know sitting around agreeing with Pep Guardiola. So then um, we'll wrap it up now with heroes and villains, your preliminary ones for this game. Who's done good and who's done bad across that uh, that 90 minutes? Just to take it off the pitch, uh, the advertising boards I enjoyed, they were old fashioned. I know it's one for sheet metal and one for like, was it agricultural engines or something? Oh, it, no, it was industrial, industrial gearboxes. Industrial gearboxes. No, no domestic gearboxes. If you could, turning up in a, a little hatchback, No. In a week when we've done a deal with sort of a, a fancy entertainment company, though, it felt good to see something like that around the pitch. Mm. Yeah, scrapyard vibes. That's what you're after, isn't it? Yeah. Asbestos. Build those advertising boards out of asbestos. Put more in. Put it back in the West End roof. My uh, my hero, Melier. 
Yep, I was going to mention. Got to, yeah, yeah. Got to big up the goalkeeper. That save. Come on, so good. And, and also, uh, they they were trying to upset him on every corner as well. He, not what it would. Doesn't give a shit, does he? It's not if unless it's Martin Keown in your face. How upsetting is an Arsenal player going to be? I mean, you saw Pepe's best attempt. He couldn't even upset Gianni Alioski. Kiko would have been upset though, wouldn't he? He used to get involved in it with people got in front of him, whereas Melier kind of just. I'm just going to focus on my mm. job. Yeah, flappable versus unflappable. I feel mm. like it's unfair, possibly, to constantly always wonder what would Kiko have done. What would Bailey Peacock Farrell? Have what done? would Bailey Peacock Farrell have done? <laughs> but watching the way. Melier stopped that chance, that one-on-one, and trying to imagine, well, even, you know, David De Gea, he's shit as well, isn't he? So it's really lucky that we've got the only good goalkeeper that there is. Good, it is good. Any villains then, before we go? Uh, Pepe for his violent act. Oh, disgrace. The children watching that. Awful. Um, was it Anthony Taylor, the referee? Yeah. For not allowing that corner to be taken. In the last minute. That's a right horrible little move, that, wasn't it? Yeah. Don't, just don't let it be taken. It was, a dick, it was yeah. a dick move, wasn't why, it? Why make him go all the way over to the corner with the ball if you're just going to blow up? Just have some common sense. Oh, there's still, there's still one and a half seconds left on my very accurate watch. Oh, no, that's it now. <laughs> Pathetic. <laughs> we should have a VAR review of his watch. It should be um, beamed up onto the, the screen. I would also, um, the whole sending off thing, I don't know why it annoyed me so much, but the fact that he went to have a look at the um, the, the red card. Who was telling him? Oh, you, you need to see this. Just tell him to send him off. It's simple. If you're at Stockley Park and he needs someone to say, right, Pepe, he headbutted Gianni Alioski, send him off. Oh, should I go and have a look? No. Just take out. Maybe I should have a look at the No. Red card. Show him the red card. Where are you going? Get away from that screen. It's just, oh, it's so obvious. I mean, I don't know if Anthony Taylor has trust issues. Who was the uh, the VAR referee? He's like, oh, he's, he's done me dirty before. Maybe there's nothing in this. But you didn't need to look. Maybe he just, you know, gets off on that kind of thing. Maybe he's got a collection. He goes home at night and just watches all these DVDs of men headbutting each other. The kind of thing he likes. He didn't want to miss this one. That's niche, isn't it? Uh, well, we'll return with proper heroes and villains and a, a real dive into it on the podcast, which we will record on Tuesday morning. I dare say we will be bringing you the thoughts of our Arsenal Fan TV. Should be a hoot, shouldn't it, that one? Uh, thanks for listening to this one. We'll catch up with you then. See you in a bit. Bye-bye. The Match Ball. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.